This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Have you ever seen a bumper sticker that read something like this? Honk if you love Jesus. I don't know about you. I've seen that several times. You can honk your horn if you like. But there's a lot more involved loving Jesus than just using the horn on your car. Today we want to talk about why we love the Lord. And I hope you'll stay tuned as we discuss that today. There's so much involved in that. And, and we want to know, what does the Bible teach about it? Getting to know your Bible is dedicated to exploring Bible topics and giving Bible answers to those topics. Thank you for tuning in to watch Getting to Know Your Bible today. I'm Billy Lambert. I'm the speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible. And we want to welcome those of you who may be watching today for the very first time. Now today we are offering a free Bible correspondence course. And I emphasize the course is free. I realize that many things that are offered on television, even programs like this, there's always the need to get out your credit card. But you don't need that today. You, you, we just want to send it to you. And all we ask you to do is just call or you can take it online and you can take the free Bible correspondence course. Thousands and thousands of people throughout the world are using this course. We want you to be a part of it as well. We're going to pause now so you can learn more about the course and how you can receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Today we're talking about why we love the Lord. And I want to call your attention to one passage in the 116th Psalm, and it's verse number one. I, I love the Lord because He hath heard my voice and my supplication. You know, David there said, I love the Lord. And we're taught in the Bible to love the Lord. For example, in Deuteronomy 6 and 5, the Jewish people taught their children this, to love the Lord their God with all of their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind. And Jesus in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven says that the greatest commandment of all is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So truly, we are to love God, but why should we love Him? Suppose I ask you right now to explain to me why you should love the Lord. Well, you said, well, I, I guess, Brother Lambert, I, I love the Lord uh, because He's a God of power. He's so wonderful and great and powerful. I, I love Him because He's a creator. I, I love the Lord because He gives me good things. I, I, I love the Lord because He sent Jesus. And I think all of those are valid reasons for saying that I love the Lord. 
All, all of it has to do with what God's done on our behalf and what He can do on our behalf. But I'm looking now at the verse that I just read where David begins the 116th Psalm with these words, I love the Lord. In this Psalm, he gives some reasons why he loves the Lord. Several reasons are signed. And let's look at those reasons to begin with. And in this chapter, we learn that, that we love the Lord because He hears me. Now notice verse 1 and verse 2 again. I love the Lord because He's heard my voice and my supplications. Because He hath inclined His ear unto me, therefore will I call upon Him as long as I live. And so I love the Lord because the Lord hears me. When I go to Him in prayer, He hears me. As it were, He bends down in condescending love and, and He listens. 1 Peter 3 and 12 tells us the eyes of the Lord over the righteous. And His ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And God never turns away when we pray to Him. If we pray to Him and we are in a, a, a position to pray to God in a covenant relationship with Him, He's not going to turn away. So I love the Lord because when I pray, He hears me. That's reason number one. Now reason number two is in verse number seven. And, and I love the Lord because He cares for me. And verse seven says, Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord doth deal bountifully with thee. God is so good to us and He cares about us. Some, some of you watching right now may feel like no one cares. Maybe you've gotten on up in years and, and maybe your family, your children or your grandchildren don't come around much anymore. You say, nobody cares about me anymore. I want you to know something. The Lord cares. And some, maybe some young people watching right now and you think your parents don't care about you. And maybe some parents are, are hurt because the children won't have anything to do with them much anymore and you feel like, well, they just don't really care. I want you to know if all the world were to turn against you, God still cares about you. I love the Lord because He cares for me. And you know, some people stay awake at night because they have problems. I'll tell you something I've learned, that you, you don't have to stay awake at night. You don't have to stay awake at night because you have problems. Just, just turn them over to the Lord. The Lord's going to be up all night anyway, so there's no need for both of us to be up. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 7, casting all of your care on Him, because He cares for you, so He cares for me. And at the darkest time in your life, whatever that darkest time may be, He cares. So what we've learned so far is I love the Lord because He hears me. I love the Lord because He cares for me. But here's a third reason. I love the Lord because He delivers me. Look in verse number 8. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. So He delivers us. He can deliver us from spiritual death. Spiritual death is when we're separated from God. And it is Jesus who can deliver us from that death. We could say with Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 57, Thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who delivers us from sin and death. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. He is the one who can deliver us from tears. There's no, there are no tears in heaven. 
He's going to wipe away all tears, Revelation 21 and verse 4. And He holds us when we are incapable of holding ourselves. And maybe that's where you are right now. You're incapable of holding yourself. You don't know where to turn. You don't know where to go or what to do. We love the Lord because He can deliver us when we are incapable of delivering ourselves. Maybe you're in a financial bind right now. And I know some people who are in financial binds. Maybe your health is, is, has been failing and, and you need better health. Maybe your family's falling apart. Maybe you just look at the world scene and it disturbs you. You, you spend countless nights contemplating what's going on in the world and it disturbs you. You see, I love the Lord because the one, Lord's the one that's going to deliver us from this all. All of this, everything is in His hand. So, everything is under control. So I love the Lord for those three reasons assigned here in the 116th Psalm. Because He hears me, because He cares for me, and because He delivers me. But now here's a question for us all. How do we show we love Him? Now I know He's loved us, and, and He shows He loves us, but... But now how do we show in return that we love Him? Well, we need to be aware of what the Lord has done for us. Look in verse number 12. What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? You see, God has benefited me. Bless me. This question asks, what shall I render? This is a personal question. What shall I render? That simply means to give, to dedicate, to consecrate. What shall I give unto the Lord? What shall I give unto the Lord for all of His benefits? James 1.17 says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So what am I going to give to God in return for all that God has given to me? You see, God has blessed me. In Psalms 103 and verse 2, the psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. The most benighted soul the world has to offer is the person who's always receiving blessings at the hands of others and is never thankful or grateful for those blessings. And I can't imagine how God must feel when He blesses mankind abundantly and then we fail to render thanksgiving unto Him by giving back to Him. Now the question is, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of His benefits unto me? What am I going to give God back in return for what God has given to me? And God has blessed us so richly. According to Deuteronomy 8 and verse number 18, it is God who gives us the power to get wealth. Somebody says, well, I did it myself. No, you did not. It is God that gives us the power to give wealth. It's God that gives us the ability to give wealth. It's God that gives us the opportunities to, to prosper and to, to be blessed in this life. I'm reminded of a statement made in Deuteronomy 6 and 12 to God's people. After they had been delivered from bondage, 
Beware lest thou forget the Lord that brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You see, it's easy to forget the blessings that we've received. So what am I going to do for God? Because He loves me. How am I going to show my love for Him? By being aware of what He's done for me. He's given good gifts to us. James 1.17 calls them good gifts. Have you, what, what are good gifts? Well, let's see now. Your family is a good gift. Your husband, your wife, that's a good gift. You say, well, my, my, my husband's not a perfect man. Well, well they didn't say a, a, a perfect gift. They said a good gift. A good gift. Isn't he a good man? A good man. He loves you. He helps provide for you. Oh, yes, but he's got his faults. Okay, we all have our faults. What about our freedom in this country? Is that a good gift? Oh, yes, but it's not a perfect nation. They're, 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 they're false in our country for sure. But wouldn't you rather live in America than any other place in all of the world? This is not a perfect nation, but it's a blessing to be free. And, and so what about your measure of health? You said, well, uh, I've got fairly good health, I suppose, but... Uh, it's not completely perfect, but aren't you thankful for that good gift of God that you have, the measure of health that you have? But there are blessings that God gives us that are perfect blessings. Jesus was a perfect blessing. Je Jesus was a perfect Son of God who came into this world, lived and died upon the cross of Calvary, was buried, rose again the third day according to the Scripture. And Jesus never sinned, 1 Peter 2, 22. That's a perfect gift, isn't it? You think about the Bible, it's perfect. You say, well, there are flaws in translation. I didn't say the translation. I said God's Word is perfect. It's referred to in James 1, 25 as a perfect law of liberty. It completes us completely or thoroughly under all good works. 2 Timothy 3, 17. There's so many blessings that God has given to us. Blessed us so richly. So what am I going to turn in turn give to God for all of His benefits unto me? Well, I need to give God my love. I need to give God my love. Should I repeat it again? I need to give Him my love. Because when I love Him, there isn't anything He would ask of me that I would not be willing to do for Him because of all He has done for me. And perhaps that's why Jesus said in John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. And then I show my love by keeping my word. Notice, notice first of all, verse 14, I will pay my vows unto the Lord. Now in the presence of all His people, and this repeated somewhat down in verse 18, I'll pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all of His people. That's exactly the same thing He said in verse 14, isn't it? Well, that, that simply means that I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to keep my word. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 tell us that, that, that we ought to keep our word. There referred to as a vow. Don't vow a vow unless you're going to keep it. 
And it's better not to make a promise, not to make a vow, than it is to make a vow and then to fail to keep that promise or vow. And so when I really love the Lord, I'm going to keep my word. When you got married, do you remember the day? You, you remember standing before the preacher and, and the preacher says a few words and then he wants you to respond saying, I do. And, and then he turns to, to your bride and he asks her a few, makes a few statements and asks her the question and she replies, I do. You, you made a promise. That was a vow. Have you kept your vow? Have you kept your word, your marriage vow? You go down to the court of law and, and you're called as a witness in the court of law and, and they, they, they ask you to raise your hand and put one hand on the Bible and raise one hand and they ask you if you'll tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. And you have to say no or, or yes. But when you say yes, I do, promise to tell the truth. You've made a promise. You've made a vow. And you keep that. And the day that you obeyed the gospel by putting Christ on in baptism as a con upon the confession of your faith in Him, you, you made a vow. You say, well, I, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Well, if you've confessed that before people, you've made a vow. That's a promise that I'm going to follow Him for the rest of my life. Have you kept your word? See, one of the ways that I, I show that I love the Lord is by keeping my word. Here's another way you show you love the Lord is by worshiping Him. No, notice in verse 17, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. So why do we worship God? How should we worship God? We, we ought to worship God out, a, out of a heart of thanksgiving. We, we ought to worship our God as an outpouring of our love and appreciation and adoration and praise for Him. Praise the Lord. When we come together to worship, it's not for us to be entertained. Some have entertained worship, have turned worship into an entertainment session. But it's not to entertain the audience. The audience are not spectators. The audience in a worship are to be participants. And there's only one spectator in a worship service. And that's God Almighty. He is, the, he is the spectator, and we're the participants. It's not a time for us to display our proficient use of different talents that we might have. It's a time for us to bow down and worship God in heaven and not do something to entertain ourselves. Somebody says, well, here's what I like for us to do. Or here's what I like to see us do. It's not about what I like, what you like, what I think, or what you think. Because it's not for us. Worship is for God. For God. And if we could only realize when we come in a worship that we're in the presence of the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of, the, of all the universe... 
kind of like Isaiah was in Isaiah chapter 6 when, when he received his call to the prophetic office. He said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up upon a throne, and his train filled the temple. And above it were the seraphim, and each had wings. With two he did fly, with two he did uh, cover his feet, and with two he did cover his face. And they heard them saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. I think on any given Sunday, when, when people gather to worship, if they could only realize that in that service, they, they've not come for themselves. Oh, there is an element of, 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 of edification one of another in a service for sure. But the primary reason that we've come together is because who's there? God is there. You see, God is the one who ought to draw the crowd. And when people fall in love with Him, they will come to bow down and worship. Not very far from where I live in South Alabama, there, there was a venue called The Wharf. And down at The Wharf, down at Gulf Shores, Alabama, down there on the Gulf of Mexico, they have all kinds of activities at The Wharf. They'll have uh, very famous, uh, well-known singers to come in and perform. I've been there a couple of times. I went to see Brooks and Dunn, my wife and I did. And, and then on, her, on an anniversary, I took her to see Keith Urban. Now, my, my wife is a Keith Urban person. I'll tell you, she really likes his music, and I do too. And, and you know, people came from everywhere for that, for that concert. I mean, they were everywhere. That thing was running over. And you know the reason they came? They came because they like Keith's music, and I do too. I like it. I like to hear him play. I like to hear him sing. Because they admired him, and they liked his music, and he drew a crowd. Wouldn't you like to live long enough to see Jesus draw a crowd like that? But wouldn't you like to live long enough to find God growing crowds like that on the Lord's day. The last statistics I saw about the average church attendance in America on any given Sunday is that about 38 to 39 percent of the American people are in worship somewhere. Oh, I, I, I love the Lord. And I show that I love the Lord when I worship Him. Well, I want to tell you about the glorious future of those that love the Lord. You see, if we could understand what the future holds for us and the benefit, maybe more people would fall in love with the Lord and fall in love with God. Now, let me read verse 15. This is the future now. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Precious. Precious in the sight of the Lord. A lot of things are precious to us. 
Maybe you have some family heirloom that had been passed down to you, you know, through the years. Maybe through your mother, through your dad, or, or, or maybe it's something that you inherited from your grandparents. There's not any amount of money that could, could buy those things. Why? They're precious to you. They're precious to you. But you see, there's something precious to God. And that's when a Christian dies. Why do you suppose that, that it's precious to God when one of His saints dies? Well, because one of His children's coming home, of course. Paul in Philippians 1, 21 said, For me to live as Christ, to die is gain. And, and the gain is that we're going home to be with our Father. You see, it's precious. Our future is precious. Because one day if we serve the Lord, we're going home to be with Him. But are you prepared? Do, do you love the Lord? Do, do you love Jesus enough today that you'd, that, that you'd give your allegiance to Him? That you said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of this world. That He's the Son of the living God. Peter made that statement in Matthew 16, 16. Do you love Jesus enough that you turn away from this old world of sin and say, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And I want to serve my Lord and my Master. Are, we, are you willing to stand before men and acknowledge you believe in Jesus as God's Son? Are you willing to submit to baptism into Christ for the remission of your sins? Are you? Become a child of His. When God calls you home because you love the Lord, your going will be precious to God. I want to thank you for watching today. In the closing moments, let me urge you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you don't know where it is, get in contact with us and we'll, con we'll find it for you. And also pick up the telephone now, call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Please do that without hesitation and without delay. And, and, and if you uh, cannot find it, if you don't, uh, you can take this course rather by, by, by uh, your computer. You can take it online if you so choose to do. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.